just a mystery and that's how I like to be. I found my purpose, what I want to do and why I want to do. You're staying in five-star hotels, but you're not getting sleep on those beds. We got a legal threat from a huge conglomerate, had to shut down our venture overnight. I've personally delivered all my goods, sweating like a pig. People bet on people. So I don't believe in valuations. I don't believe in creating rich text. everyone welcome to the baking uneven podcast we love to talk shop uncover the beauty of failures and play a few games today we're speaking to saya madani the co-founder of a2 organics an out and out management and finance savant sayam has trained at eureka forbes audited at deloitte and done financial analysis at d analyst before jumping into entrepreneurship with the bombay natural company the tree box and finally a2 organics so sayam is that a good representation of your journey so far yeah like as in i could not have described myself so well so thank <laughs> you for it yeah like cool so let's uncover a little more perfect um so twitter is known for its 280 character limit on every tweet which sometimes makes it a little difficult to convey your thoughts it takes about 20 seconds to speak 280 characters so we want to transfer this challenge to you to explain to us a2 organics in 20 seconds but we won't make it easy we also want you to use one emoji and one hashtag in your tweet any questions no no not really i think i can do in le- less than 280 words perfect okay yeah. so let me know once you're ready and i'm going to start the stopwatch yeah i'm ready i'm ready 3 2 1 go so a2 organics is nothing but we are bringing back ancient wisdom to modern times the emoji i'll use here is a big bull and uh, farmlands and a hashtag back to roots well yes you did do it under 20 yeah. seconds under 15 actually yeah. so amazing yeah. because uh, see what ideally this is this is more about a philosophy rather than a brand uh, we are we are working on a philosophy we are working to uncover what ancient wisdom in india looked like and i would not talk about any other country apart from india yo interesting i mean i think it was like so succinctly put that it does seem like you know you, you all know exactly what you all are working towards and yeah. i mean yeah um let's start uncovering that but sure so we have a bunch of stuff we want to unfold about your journey your journey um yeah. but let's start with what, what i gauged as a three year gap on your linkedin so between the analyst yeah. and common natural company yeah. so what's so the story the there is, there's no story it's just that as a person i'm very low key i don't keep updating everything about my life either on social media or it's the first time i'm doing a podcast also i'm coming on a public platform so it's it's just a mystery and that's how i like to be <laughs> and maybe we'll uncover today you know as to what the journey has been throughout you know like and it's been a decade of wonderful experiences and i would love to share it along with you guys You know, interestingly enough, so Oppenheimer has been all the news, and I've been seeing a lot of interviews yeah. with Killian Murphy, who yeah. who maintains the same like mysteriousness around him because he has no social yeah. media or anything. Yeah. So I'm now thinking of you in the same light as Killian Murphy, which is interesting. What did you do in that three year gap? So three year is what. So I lived in Turkey for three years. So Istanbul is where I lived. 
Oh, I love it. So, so was it more of a gap year kind of vibe or? No, not a gap year. It's just that I needed to get out of my comfort zone. So if I tell you my story, you know, like how, and it's not only my personal story. It's it's about how a person goes through a phase, right? Like as in, so you may not believe it, and many people find it very difficult. But I was very low on self-esteem, very low on confidence. The most underrated student in my school, you know, like as in, very difficult to speak to people, an introvert. And now I've explored a side where people tell me, shut up, you know, like I think you need to take, talk less. So that's what I've uncovered in this last 10 years. How did it happen? It happened through a series of activities and events. I had to break a barrier. I had to get up my comfort zone. I had to change my profession to get to where I am. And I'm still exploring. I'm not saying that I've figured it out, but I found my purpose, what I want to do and why I want to do. So introspectively speaking, hmm. there must be something that's in the back of your mind telling you, okay, now's the time you're becoming too comfortable. Jump out of your comfort zone. No, not really. Okay. Now is the time to keep reinventing yourself. That is what I keep on thinking. You know, like I'm not saying just get out of your comfort zone again and again, but reinvent yourself because every at every stage of your life, you need to identify what you're becoming. So then was it your uh, time in Istanbul that helped you gauge that perspective? Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's not the time in Istanbul. It's how I started my journey, you know, like as in, and if I can talk about it, you know, like as in, in a very yeah. brief manner. Please, yeah, you know, like, yeah, that's how you started. So, you know, like, uh, graduated out of HR college, a South Bombay IIT, you know, like materialism is something that I got very attracted to, you know, like as your first job, you're, you're, an investment banker, you know, like you, and you've just seen suits, you know, like, and so you want to dress up like Harvey, go to <laughs> office, you know, th- and those were my ambitions, you know, like, as in I wanted to do something big in life, earn a lot of money. But what I realized is one and a half year working at Deloitte, tremendous exposure, you're staying in five star hotels, but you're not getting sleep on those beds. It's, it's hard. Life is not that easy. You know, there's a lot of pressure and you're working on your desk which an introvert like me would find it very comfortable you know just you're with my laptop doing things and crunching numbers so then i thought that let me let me start my own company and i thought i was good at investment banking so the analyst came into picture where we were trying to scrutinize a company based on its operational, financial, and stock market performance. So if I were to go get into the integrities of it, what we were doing was just imagine, you know, like, as in this happens in a lot of listed companies and don't hold me accountable for it, where, you know, there is a little bit of manipulation and we were trying to rig it out. For example, you know, as per clause 49 of say, we, this is what I remember from eight years ago. So I can quote that way. And again, the independent director of the company is not supposed to provide any service to the company. So you go to the PNL accounts of the company, you'll find out that legal services, the corpus is around seven crores. And back in time, if I would, and this sounds old, but you won't get information on Zobacop. You know, you have to go to the registrar of companies back at Marine Lines ask the guy who are the directors of these companies. They'll give you the documents. You'll have to scrutinize the documents. So we found out that 
the directors of the same company are directors in this company. So it's money getting transferred from one pocket to another pocket, which is very bad for the investors. It's good for the company, but bad for the investors. You know, like if, if I assume Anuj is the managing director of a big conglomerate, Anuj is doing a video or a, giving a media release that, you know, I'm setting aside 1000 crores for expansion. 1000 crores for business expansion would mean that the return would be around 25 to 30% in business at least you know like but what happens is when it comes down to manipulation this this funds are invested in mutual funds mutual funds would give a return of 4 5 10% depending on who the fund manager is and in order to inflate the stock prices the mutual funds would reinvest the money in the stock of the same company so that is not sustainable in the long run. We tried to do this. We got a legal threat from a huge conglomerate. Had to shut down our venture <laughs> overnight. I'm saying this out publicly. Oh got very depressed, very demoralized. I was a 22 year old, great ambitions in life, but I didn't know what to do next. So, and I was in the program and investment banking and I was not comfortable doing sales. You're meeting very commendable people, very respectful people. You are understanding everything through body language because the acumen that you have at that age is very little. What you're trying to understand is a person, how he behaves, how he talks, how would a CEO of a standard chartered bank talk? How would he dress up? How would he walk? How would he place himself in a room? You know, would people be scared of him or people would love him? So that is what I was trying to understand and figure it out. So this is what happened during the analyst was figuring out was home for almost six months, you know, like just trying to figure out whether I could do a job, not do a job. Then out of nowhere, I went to my native, I happened to be a Gujarati. So I found that, you know, like, and I used to love whatever food my nani used to make for me, you know, like it was all on ancient traditional side and organic for us right now is a very heavy term to use but by default everything that was grown in india back in time was organic there was no science behind it and the way organic industry is shaping up a lot of people consumers feel as if organic food is expensive and we indians are price sensitive but that's not the case the case you know like as in it's a supply chain that or maybe the hype around it is so much that we try to make it an expensive proposition for our consumer. So I'll just explain you a little bit about what Indian wisdom about organic food is and what the US wisdom or the foreign wisdom about organic food is. So Janvi, you'll be able to relate to this very nicely. So when someone's living abroad or, you know, like if you talk about consumers in India also, because we are trying to follow all you know, like as in Western ideologies in terms of food, in terms of nutrition, in terms of everything that we are doing, in terms of dressing up. So what has happened now is if I were to use the word organic or natural, someone like Jamanti would tell me that, you know, like the land has to be clean, the source of water has to be clean, there has to be no pesticides and fertilizers used in the production of the crops, right? And that's when you call a product organic. And there has to be some USDA, like the process of making it has to be very stringent and that's that's all. And that's how you get a USDA certification. It's as simple as that. 
now when i talk about indian practices you know indian practices were spiritually driven and again i am not talking about spirituality as a very heavy word out here but these guys back in time would use cow down neem you know like as in gaumutra patamal uh, kentu making a mixture which would they which they would call it as panchagavya so panchagavya why and it's a fertilizer it's nothing like it's a mixture of five elements you get it into a fertilizer and that's how you do farming it was all hand driven so now when you put panchagavya in a soil it promotes growth of bacteria and growth of bacteria is what enhances nutrition in the food so if i were to give you some very vague example which are very simple to connect to so what if i tell you that if you eat from a land that has lot of snails it is very good for your ears we always quote that you know we are what we eat now imagine a situation there's heavy wind but there is a plant you're plucking a fruit out of it and that plant has withstood that wind it means that your resistance will grow so these practices are not adopted in western countries everything is mostly machine processed so back in time just go to the way our nannies or our dadis would make food you know like they would do hand churning or patas they would do make buttermilk using a traditional bellona method why this was done and there is a very simple logic to it the reason being is if you put a sugarcane into a machine the machine rotates normally at 2400 rpm or 3000 rpm as simple as that now when it's rotating at such high intensity the heat generated is so much that all the nutrition in your food is lost even if the source of everything is good you know like water is good chemicals are not used but there's no nutrition in your food when you are using hand churned methods even for making a sugarcane juice or hand churning of your atas that will rotate only at 60 rpm maximum it keeps the nutrition in the food intact and that's why it was lighter people didn't have digestive issues people didn't have any bloating issues people would not say that i have problem with lactose you know it's again a big thing that is going on in the market right now because we are not used to drinking pure milk that would come from indian breed of cows so that is what i discovered in my journey i found it fascinating i have no degree in agriculture i had no understanding of how whatever learning i'm blessed i met the right people and this is what they've transferred to me and i got very excited as to the ancient way or the rustic way of living life you know why why houses were made out of cow dung back in time it's like of course you know there's a scientific reasoning as to you know like as in it, it becomes cooler but what if i tell you that you know like as in if you research that during bhopal gas tragedy people who lived in cow dung houses were not affected by radiation it is anti radioactive material why in temples do we use incense sticks or dhoop made out of cow dung back in time now it's all you know like as in made out of chemicals and all so when you ignite cow dung it releases oxygen diyas were done using cow dung so it, it is very good for your health internally as well as externally so that is what i've learned and i'm still exploring it so i've just 
got 1% or maybe 0.001% understanding of what organic food in India would be like. And this is what I want to do it as a philosophy where everyone's chasing westernization or modernization in whatever products they're consuming. Why not have an essence of India back? Because what has happened is these ancient practices, we just thought, you know, like as in all of us would think, yeah, dadis and nannies must be doing it just for the heck of doing it. There's no documentation, there's no scientific evidence to it. But there was a rationale to it, which we've not documented it well. And maybe if we can revive it in a modernized way. Like I would not say, you know, let's let's go and, you know, apply ghee on our skin. But there were times back, you know, like as in, uh, so just, just giving one more example of how, if I can do that. So, you know, like as in ghee, uh, we are all using olive oil in our cooking or maybe applying moisturizing creams made out of aloe vera or Janvuri would know more about it. But what if I tell you ghee is the only ingredient in the world discovered till now that penetrates seven layers of your skin? I actually have experienced that. So I agree yeah. in the sense that uh, it's a funny story. So like when I went to China, Oh, back in like ninth grade, mm. um, it was extremely cold and like my body yeah. couldn't like, like it didn't adjust well to like yeah. the temperature difference from like Mumbai to China. So my lips doubled in size mm. because of like how chapped they were. And I got, I came back mm. and like my mom was like, what's going on and things like that. Like, cause it was really chapped. I applied ghee on my lips for maybe like a couple, like four or five yeah. days. And it was like all back to normal, but nothing like worked before that. Cause while I was in China, I was like trying all like Vaseline mm. and like chapsticks and things like that. So it was interesting when you were like, oh, like let's like not necessarily put ghee on your face. And I was like, I kind yeah. of did that because of yeah, like, it's, like it's so, the, yeah, no, it's definitely It's the best moisturizing thing that you can ever apply. So ghee also has different application when you apply on your feet, when you apply it in your navel, when you apply it in your eyes, when you apply it in your nose, when you apply it on your face. So this is what ancient India has left for us. And we are in the process of reviving it back. Yeah, it's nice. Like you speak about, I agree in the sense that everyone's going more towards westernization and things like that. And a lot of people are averse to following uh, following certain things because it comes from our grandparents and like a lot of times it comes with a tinge of religion and that's why people are like oh let's not because like you're just saying it because of religion and not anything else but like a lot of it does have scientific backing a lot of it does make sense and is good for us and it should so yeah like you're saying there will be a switch sooner hopefully rather than later where like people move more towards the ancient practices again putting a spin on like modernization where it makes more sense in our daily lives but like getting rooted back but another thing is like i'm gujarati as well and i think we have the best food ever so like uh going back to that but um right back to what you said sorry i'm like bouncing from everything that you were saying but uh you mentioned that like uh deloitte was difficult and like the, uh, like working there and uh, like you know stay like traveling around staying in these hotels working it also is stressful but so is like entrepreneurship entrepreneurship is not any easier so what was like your reasoning to become 
or found no versus like doing it because stresses are both places but what encouraged you to do something no, no i would not say stress because i was doing well at deloitte i was able to manage the stress well but sometimes again you know like as i would not give it to my gujarati genes which is that i didn't want to do something that is very conventional and as an individual this is very much individual to myself i had to get out i could not have been in my comfort zone and that is what led me to a discovery it was very difficult i didn't know what to do how to start where to start what processes to adopt but eventually everything falls in place and one thing i've learned if the intent is pure i would just talk about the intent god is kind enough and i'm not talking from a spiritual point here the universe aligns everything for you so and i would say i'm blessed that i've gone through this journey at a tender age because a lot of people would want to get into the sustainable livelihood or organic farming at a later stages of life when they've achieved a lot in life either they've become a director of a company or a ceo of a company and then they'll switch to organic because even at that point of time they may be tired of what they're doing right so i take it as a privilege that i got to do it at 23 24 it is tiring it is taxing but there is an adrenaline to it when you're working for yourself so when you came back from turkey and let's say you were starting out on this journey what was the first step you took how did you because you know you said you don't you didn't have the knowledge so you had to build it up yeah. walk us through the journey so, of that the first step i took is learning by doing it see i had very limited access to capital you know like even though coming from gujarati family i i didn't take any resource or help from my parents because i wanted to build something from scratch so what i did is went to villages nearby gujarat identified farmers were authentic in nature got a small warehouse a friends warehouse in goregaon so motilal nagar is where we we operated out of didn't have money for branding packaging anything of that sort and the only thing i could do was i had a corpus of 1 lakh rupees i could procure some grains but this eventually started off as a social enterprise you know like as a necessity is a mother of all invention i believe in it so because you know like as in how the food industry will work is if if i'm doing it on a bigger scale and if i go to a packaging unit there'll be like 5000 10000 quantities are the moqs i didn't have that money or that i didn't have any any branding agency by my side so what we did is we we went to an ngo we told them that you know like and sustainability was not something top of my mind at that point of time because i was still exploring right what exactly can be done but it happened by grace of god or it happened automatically we like any which way is for a stand up pouch i'm going to spend 10 to 15 rupees let me get a cloth bag stitched by underprivileged women through an ngo it still costed me 7 rupees cheaper affordable you know like as in than a stand up pouch now i didn't have money for branding i had to figure out a way so again the ideology it's it's the basic right like as in where you come from and when i talk about roots i i believe in that you know whatever your agenda can become 
इट ड्राइव्स यू सो नाउ प्रिंटिंग का पैसा नहीं था आई डेंट हैव मनी फॉर प्रिंटिंग लेट मी क्रिएट अ स्टैम्प एंड आई स्टैम्प इट बाई माई सेल्फ सो दैट बिकेम माई ब्रांड सो दैट इज वॉट वी गेट यू नो लेक एज इन द डिस्ट्रीब्यूशन पॉइंट ऑफ व्यू लेक एज इन लॉजिस्टिक्स वॉज नॉट शॉर्टेड बैक इन टाइम सो माई वेयर हाउस वॉज इन गोरेगा एंड ग्रोसरीज बाई नेचर यू नो लेक आई वुड गेट वेरी हैप्पी इफ आई वुड गेट ऑन ऑर्डर ऑफ थाउजेंड रुपीज फिफ्टीन हंड्रेड रुपीज बिकॉज रोटेशन इज वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट एंड फ्रेशनेस इज ऑल्सो वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट वैन इट कम्स टू ग्रेन्सिस I would go. I would travel in a local train, pick 80 kilos of grains, groceries, go to Cup Parade on my two-wheeler, deliver it myself. And Bombay weather, you know, like as in it's humid. You're sweating like a pig. But what I realized is people are very nice. They appreciate hard hard work. And you meet anyone in the journey. You don't decide who you meet. It's 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 what comes to you, right? So. I have personally delivered all my goods, sweating like a pig, not in a good condition. No one would ever allow me to enter in their houses. But I, I'll tell you, I'll give you a little example of what goodness to me looks like. You know, so I, I still remember this incident where I was traveling from Goregaon to Bombay in a local train. I happened to, you know, like knock the doors. My customer was at seventh floor Venus Building, Kapre. This I remember this till date. You know. I I go inside. All I had to do was take give my bags, take the money and go back, and I would have been happy. I had to collect fifteen hundred Indian rupees. That's it. So there was a young boy at the door. You know, like as he's like, mom, he doesn't look like a delivery boy. Mom is like, better come inside, have a glass of water. I'm like, okay, I'll come. You know, and someone addressing you as beta, you know, a stranger. It it feels very warm and good. I went. I sat with the lady for almost half an hour. Explained her what I do, why I do. She's like, "Why don't you come and meet my husband tomorrow?" See, and then your brain starts working, right? Venus building, seventh floor, some big shot must be here. I didn't think about funding and valuation at that point of time. So I went the other day, dressed up nice, formally. Turned out. The gentleman was the managing director of Bank of America. When I was at Deloitte, I never had an opportunity to work at Bank of America, and now he's ready to invest in my small venture. So this is where life takes you, and all it's all because of, I would say I would place hard work before anything else. Destiny does come into play, but only when you step out, only when you are able to get your hands dirty, only when you get uncomfortable, because it's it's very easy for us. you know like coming from good colleges you know we can't go in this condition to anyone's house right like janvi if you agree to this you would not you would have not visited your friend's place also but for business i had to do that and that expl- helped me discover a lot of other things as well and when you're meeting a person of that acumen and at that level you learn something or you understand you imbibe those qualities so tell me this now the day you were at you know the day you went to venus and everything you got invited the next day to go and meet the md of bank of america and all of that but at that point you know you were still trying this hacky way of just yeah. getting it going right and figuring out yeah. your business as you went yeah. along so what was it that you told that md that convinced him 
that this is a business I want to invest in. Considering that, you know, generally people go with pitch decks and fancy branding yeah. and fancy logos and all of those things, which I'm assuming you didn't have at the time. Nothing I had. So what, I still what, what convinced so you? If you ask me about my introduction, I will not be able to see one thing I can tell being a Gujarati, not being, you know, like as in people, like people bet on people. Yeah. That's the only line I have for this. <laughs> it's like if they see it in you, they'll bet on you. If they don't see it in you, they'll not bet on you. And what I felt that day is he was happy with the way I was. And I had, I had no business in place. I just had a small trading idea in place. To make it into a business, it required some help. And I was very fortunate that people came along my way, helped me out. I also figured it out by myself as to what needs to be done. But people, Anuj, as we grow older and wiser, we we'll understand, right? Who 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 you can trust and who you cannot trust. Of course, it comes with experience. Hundred percent. And those people have those experience in hand to understand what they want to invest in. Yeah. And even if the money is not giving them 10 x the returns or seven x the returns, if it's in safe hands. They want a treasurer rather than, you know, like someone who assures them multipliers effect. I think that all they will seek for is someone who can take care of the money and put it to the right use. Yeah, I think, yeah, fair enough. I think, you know, you would say from my personal case, it doesn't apply to everyone else. But yeah, this is what I have. So I don't believe in valuations. I don't believe in creating pitch decks. I don't, you know, like it's, so if I want to meet you, I would want to meet you. Like as in, I would not want to meet your credentials to be honest i agree with you because whenever i've created a pitch deck and yeah it's just a part of because we i, I run a yeah. couple of different things so i've created many pitch decks in the past and yeah. when i start to put down the numbers i'm like it means nothing yeah i can project and it's all futuristic yeah right? i can project 500 crores in five years or i can project thousand crores in five years that's up to me what i put down on that sheet of paper and in one of the I'd spoken to a VC, not for funding, but to get their feedback on the pitch deck. I told the guy that I was speaking to that I can put whatever numbers I want on this. What do y'all see? And he also said that, to be honest, we don't actually care about these numbers. We ask for it. But what we're seeing through the entire process is how you're presenting what it is you're presenting. We don't care what's actually on the presentation. Of course, we will do a bit of research on the sector and all of that. So even they are of that mindset. And in fact, one of the previous, uh, one of our previous guests we had, uh, Ahana, she had uh, applied to Y Combinator for funding with a particular idea. And they came back to her saying that, you know, we like you, uh, not this idea. So come back to us with another idea. So I think, you know, it is that same mindset in different ways. People are at the end of the day betting on people. So let's let's come to the company itself, right? A2 Organics, all about organic stuff. So one thing that kind of threw me off a bit when I was on the website is, so, you know, you've got ghee and then you've got the wellness products and then there's milk powder, right? So when you, when you think of organic and everything, you think of very non-processed, extremely raw kind of um, product. So where did milk powder come from? So milk powder is something that, is very futuristic now also. You know, so when the whole world is learning about what A2 milk is, 
what we've done is we've gone a little ahead and created a milk powder out of it. It's available in the US, but our rationale of doing this is very different. You know, like as in, uh, we are yet to put out a brand story as to why we are doing this. So now there's a huge problem, you know, like I addressed this before, that lactose intolerancy has become a huge issue. But when you go back in time, people never had problem drinking milk. They would drink four liters of milk continuously or one liter of milk continuously. You know, they would survive on milk. They would not have such issues. There's a reason to it. So when I talk about, again, milk, the process of using machines. So we, we, we can agree to this point that whatever milk that we are drinking today, I'm just talking from a very common and a basic standpoint. I'm not getting into the technicality that we can agree that we're all drinking pasteurized milk, right? So pasteurization, again, there's a lot of heat involved, loss of nutrition, and what you're drinking is not nutritive for your body at all. Now we go to the source of the milk, right? The source of the milk, we don't know which breed of cows it is coming from, whether these are, you know, hybrid cows, whether these are Indian origin cows. So if I to take you again to ancient wisdom in brief, I would not elaborate a lot in a lot. So you'll see that milk in Switzerland, milk in UK is of good quality. So what Britishers took away from us was again this wisdom. So there are these ancient breed of cows. There are 29 such. We only know about the cows because they are very famous and they are trending. So they have a hump on them. You know, you'll not see it on normal cows. So the hump stores solar energy. So whatever derivatives you have out of this is considered to be liquid gold. So there has been scientific research done where you can extract gold out of cow urine. And that's why Gaumudra has a lot of religions, religious as well as spiritual significance. When you see dairy milk coming out of this breed of cows, it's not white in color, it's yellow in color. Because sun rays, now it gets converted. And in ancient India, they used to call it suvarna. Suvarna means gold, as simple as that. Now, and raw milk has a different nutrition profile than pasteurized milk. So what we've done, again, not talking about the product much here, is the cows are milk. Within that, within four hours, that milk is converted into powder. Of course, it goes through a little bit of machinery process, but it keeps the nutrition in the food in, intact. There is a loss of 10%, but it's not 80% or 90%. We can afford that 10% loss. And why we are doing this is, again, you know, like as in, so we've identified people living in Bombay, Bangalore, Hyderabad have access to branded A2 milk. There are people living in remote areas, Jammu and Kashmir. There are kids traveling abroad. They're not happy with the quality of milk that they're getting. So that's why we've created this product that if you want to travel, you take this milk powder along with you. It will reconstitute back into milk. You want to make chocolates at home. You want to make hot chocolate at home. This serves as a purpose. You know, you can do anything with it. You're out of milk, you know, because we live in a city like Bombay, it's, it gets flooded a lot of time. There may be times when milk availability is less. You may not get it at home because of logistical. This serves 
as a packet which can be used in contingency and it can be used as a regular product as well so that's the entire rationale behind creating this product yeah interesting and i think like um overall in terms of like your journey it was like okay like you had that break and you went and uh went to gujarat and like that inspired you and things like that like across a lot of guests we've realized that it's like these tiny moments that change like the entire trajectory of like what their uh like what their professional journey lands up being so if it wasn't uh for a2 organics what would you be doing i would still i think uh be suited up like harvey specter and you know like i think going from one <laughs> bank to another bank because that is what I always I dreamt of you know like as in since i was a kid like as in when you grow up you know when you're doing your graduation i wanted yeah. to be an investment banker interesting yeah yeah i think like it's um not growing out of it but like you need to have that realization yeah. whether so, that's something that you want to do long term or yeah. not and then like decide to swerve yeah. in whichever direction you want like a lot of people are definitely successful when they go through the traditional uh, corporate ladder mm. as well but then um some people want to do something yeah. different so it's just like that realization of like what you want to yeah. do um uh, but from what we see and like what we've spoken so far um ato is a b2c brand yeah. have you ever considered going uh b2b whether it is like for example selling like the powder sachet mm. at like hotels yeah. and restaurants so has that ever crossed your mind or do you want to stick to like the b2c model no we are open to everything possible you know like then and we see an export market being the largest beneficiary of this milpot indians living abroad i would just talk about indians living abroad there is a huge mass of population they need indian products and what we want to do is penetrate into such market at an institutional level and figure out a channel to serve them so that is what we are exploring we're figuring out how to export our product because again milk you know like a lot of regulatory processes a lot of import regulations are there in place so figuring out how do we sell this milk powder internationally as well as nationally because it's not only about milk powder it has a lot of application a confectionery would want to buy this milk powder in wholesale and make chocolates out of it someone would want to do baking out of it someone would want to make n number of products yeah. out of this you know like and so that is what we are figuring I mean, it's milk, out it's we are you know <coughs> versatile products that yeah. exists um yeah but tell me this <clears throat> internationally is there i'm not saying you know someone that's working exactly in a2 milk and organic milk but is there a company that whose business model you like and kind of aspire to internationally or domestically i mean just generally so see i would say i've learned a lot from my peers in the organic food industry there are people again you know i would not say that the stories are similar there are very young people getting into this industry and what i see is they're doing it for the purpose so i get very inspired by this and there are classic examples you know like then there is this company called as two brothers organic farm a very dear friend of mine but very happy with the approach that they've taken you know like then we started our journey together but that gentleman didn't mind selling papaya on a cart under a, under a bridge and he's become a good brand now you know like so 
we really love their business model and the intent that they are doing it and there are a couple of brands like this which you know like as in there is a brand called Zanvation there is a brand again again Zanvation is very commercial in nature there is a brand called Kid Organic they are doing authentic products and what I personally love is rather than a commercial mindset because see Anuj and Janvi this is going to impact your health and what our responsibility we can't claim to be doctors or we can't claim to be nutritionists but we are the ones feeding you good food we rather be right with it so scaling up is not the concern right now quality is the concern we want to maintain that fair enough scale will happen you know like as in if you love a product you will tell it to 10 people <laughs> but if quality is not right like we are not doing justice no 100% 100% fair and you know that's something that uh we've had uh even restaurant owners on this podcast before and even they say that at the end of the day it's about the quality because you can scale and everything but it'll all die if you don't deliver quality and like just in terms of the quality part of it like you stand for that right like you stand for being like the healthy organic this thing so that is key to your um business and like what you're selling because if it conflicts with that that like is not going to sit well with anyone and then yeah like as you said people aren't going to speak like once it is about quality the word will spread and especially in india a lot of uh, brands grow based only on word of mouth because of how it works but yeah uh, our next challenge is to lies one truth mm-hmm. uh, so let's understand more about your journey with eto organics mm-hmm. uh, whether it's challenges or your biggest achievements the idea is that you give us three statements mm-hmm. from which one explains an actual big moment at A2 yeah. and the other two are false statements mm-hmm. and then Anuj and I have to guess which one is the true yeah. our first retail store uh, sleeping in the farms maybe losing a sense of what you're doing I'm going to go with retail store is the truth but tell me what do you think I'm going to go with sleeping sleeping in the oh, farms oh yeah sorry sleeping in the, the farms is it yeah so yeah is that the truth yeah it is the truth yeah. like as in like when you are seeing the stars and the moon like as in nothing like you know like i've you know i've actually done that i've slept at a yeah. uh, farm in it was a little yeah. little north of ratnagiri yeah. and in fact the so it was a homestay it was a farm stay homestay yeah. kind of vibe we'd gone on family vacation and we, so he yeah. brought out a telescope at night and my god the clarity like you could literally yeah. we could see craters on the moon and yeah. yeah it's it's a it's a very like it's a crazy experience it is it is magical so i'll, I'll just highlight one experience which i had a visit to a farm to you know like as an in intelligence again very subjective right like as in uh, so when i was growing up you know i would you know like there are these parameters that we set aside for intelligence right someone's scoring well someone's doing well in their job someone's very well spoken this is what intelligence for most of us is right so i happened to go to a farm nearby bombay it's in kadjat only and i'm talking from a food point of view right so we went for a wild vegetable hunting excursion you know like as in things I'm sure Janvi, Anuj, and myself, you know, like we've never eaten in my life. Thing. 
so you go to the remote villages around to extract this crops and you know you try to make things out of it trust me i've not eaten those kind of food even in michelin star hotels you know like i mean because it would enhance all your taste buds you know like every bite you take it would have something sour something bitter something you know like as in something astringent it would just you know like as in shock your body as well and it's very beneficial for our health but what we explored during this again it was very magical you know we had fireflies around us you know throughout the night so it's it's a it's a fairy tale you know it feels like as if you're watching a disney movie but what i realized is people who are grounded and have certain roots you know like as in associated with them they have far more intelligence levels you know so we, we went for a small trail i would not even call it trek and we went with couple of children you know like 10 year and 12 year olds they were able to predict that it's going to rain the next moment they could talk to the birds so there is a lot of undiscovered intelligence according to me that you know like as in which we are not aware about the sixth sense is so good which cannot be taught right it's it's your gut feeling it's your sixth sense you know like as in the way high in degree in those aspects so that is one thing i've learned from this tenure that you know like as in again you know like as in every individual is made very differently and there's a lot to learn from everyone yeah no 100% so let's let's get into a little more of your individuality we we play this game that's called red flags and the the idea of this game is to kind of uncover what is um what drives what you think of success as and what do you think of failure as so i'm going to take you through three situations uh each situation has two things that are going great and one um that's not so great so three hypothetical situations with three statements in each nine total statements so here we go situation 1 you've reached 100 crores in turnover last year you've just raised mm. a great round of funding but you lose mm. your initial investor mm. situation 2 is you have a network of 200 farmers that you work with um your milk powder sales have gone global but your latest product has been giving people digestive issues And situation three is Amul has offered to acquire A2 Organics. Your personal hmm. online presence has really gone up, but hmm. you haven't taken a day of leave in all of last year. And which situation would you rather be in? I think I would be good in the last situation because if I'm happy doing what I'm doing, I don't need to take a leave. And I live in farms. it's good life is good there but so i'll give you one kind of um so you know in the course of this call earlier you said you do try to keep a bit of mystery online and you're trying to get out of it yeah so the the second green flag there which is your personal online presence has really gone up is that something hmm. that is something that you want or you're not too fussed no like i'm uh... I'm okay about it. Like as in, I'm not saying that I want to be too, you know, like I'm too socially relevant and all. But if it's helping hmm. anyone in the course, you know, like as in, why not be a media for change? 
and even i'll have to explore myself right like uh, i'll have to break the boundaries i'll have to get out of my comfort zone again and again reinvent myself <laughs> it's it's you talk so much about reinventing yourself but i think you're so clear in your philosophy as well because the games yeah. we've played so far like all three twitter pits two lives one truth and mm. red flags um i don't think we've had a guest so far on the podcast who's on who's gotten through all three games as quickly as you have mm. and which is why i think the next one is really not going to be a big deal for you because it's a rapid fire so you should be yeah. you should be <laughs> yeah yeah small game for it <laughs> See, Anna, and you should give me that advantage that I, I'm speaking on a public forum for the first time. <laughs> I I think you're uh, you're uh, you don't need like that advantage. You're doing pretty well so far, but um, yeah, no, like Anna said that I think like um, we haven't had a guest that done it so quick, but also like yeah, I think you're very like clear on like um your identity in terms of what the brand stands for, what. like you stand for and things like that and i think that really reflects well in like this conversation um but yeah moving on to the rapid fire oh, all yours uh starting on days of leave how many days of leave have you taken in the last year was well, zero so it's just farm life for you now yeah yeah farm life and uh, you know like i mean we we like to lead a holistic so when we are talking about a brand philosophy it's all about holistic living right so we cultivated our lives in such a way where when there is time for family there is time for family we like uh, you'll not see me active on social media you'll not get to know much about me so when i'm at dinner with my parents i am at dinner with my parents i am not on my phone when i'm working i'm working when i'm doing my prayers in the morning i'm doing my prayers i'm not thinking about work that time so i've tried to imbibe that kind of a lifestyle of you in my day to day practice interesting um your proudest moment with a2 organic my proudest moment with a2 organic is again you know like the story i told you right like when that young kid allowed me to enter in his house that meant a lot to me uh what was your biggest sacrifice to make a2 organics possible oh like i this is personal but uh, like my sister was hospitalized and i could not go and meet her Oh, that must be yeah. tough. Um, a product you wish it to organics made. Product like I, I think we are doing justice to what we are doing. We want to get into chocolates. A two chocolates is something that we want to get into. Figuring it out how, but yeah, that's aspirational for us. Um, I'm sure Anush and I can't wait. We both are like addicted to chocolate, so yeah. we're gonna definitely test. Please have a dark on. chocolate. Um, <laughs> And and ice creams <laughs> and ice creams made out of A2 milk. Nice. Okay. Um, if you had to name A2 organic something else, what would it be? Oh, uh, I think A2 is good because, oh, maybe something very of oh, Sanskrit, in you know, like as in something like Arika or you know, like I I'll have to do research on it, but some yeah. Sanskrit. Would you ever retire? I don't think so. I'm very <laughs> my personality is not like that. But like yeah, like I like to be at peace a lot of times. But I I I love momentum. So I'm a water sign. I need to be in flow. Okay. Um what was one time you uh felt like you let uh A to organics down? One time or oh, the moment 
see I'll, I'll be very honest out here like we got a lot of investor interest got carried away a little i think i didn't do justice at that point of time because there that is when you know like as in you start seeing valuation and maybe you know like as in you're not doing justice to what you are doing too many people coming in also you know who are not right for your brand may not be a good sign yeah uh, your biggest fear my biggest fear again you know like as in uh, initially like as in i would just advise this to my younger self i would not talk to me right now is taking that first step it's very hard but once you do it it's very simple <laughs> yeah i'm sure a lot of people need to hear that yeah. um uh, books or podcasts i would listen i would watch a movie i am not into books at all i would want oh, to okay. read people that's it <laughs> an ipad or a notebook which one do you notebook. prefer i'm very convinced like old school correct okay uh are you a morning person or a night owl a morning person and um this one's going to be interesting given that you don't use any social media but what would be your favorite social media platform my again instagram is one of my social best you know see giving you an irony out there like again you know like you may feel as if i am someone who stays away from social media but i've been someone who seen glamour very closely like i've acted in movies a lot of my friends are fashion designers oh. so so this is something that i've consciously chosen not to do because life seems good from distance but it's not that easy nice okay uh but yeah that concludes uh the rapid fire segment and bringing us to the end of our conversation hmm. but before we let you go we ask every guest to ask our next guest a question um so we'll first ask you their question and then you can ask our sure. next guest one sure. um so your question is what came first the the chicken or the egg i think uh, <laughs> i don't have an answer to this like as in uh, it's it's what do you think came first right like what, know, what, if you had to pick what would you lean to i think the egg came first and any rational thing any rational like as in uh, i don't want to apply a lot of logic to it and don't want to be intelligent doing this but it's it's just i feel you know like as in it's it's my gut feel that tells me that you know like that is where, since i've been talking about roots a lot i think that was the source the egg was the source you know it was undiscovered you know it was yet to break itself and something broke and the okay. chicken came i mean just honestly yeah thank you for giving us your time